Hello, and welcome to Noodle with us, a podcast for university decision makers, where we pull back Noodle's curtain and share what our own senior leaders are thinking about these days across a wide range of topics. My name is Vinay Ganti. I am the SVP of strategy here at Noodle, and our plan is to release episodes regularly where I interview experts within the Noodle family. On this episode, we bring you a conversation around reducing education deserts and creating partnerships and developing careers to maximize student success. This was part of a jointly produced webinar with the Times Higher Education and Noodle and features two of our colleagues, Kathy Wazalewski, Vice President of University Engagement and Field Placement, as well as Julie Leventhal, our Senior Managing Director for Student Support and Engagement. The conversation also includes Stavara Haley-Clark, who is the Interim Associate Dean for Academic and Student Affairs at Virginia Commonwealth University, as well as Laurie Kochenauer, the Executive Director of Online Learning and the Office of Online Learning at the University of Pittsburgh. The conversation is wide-ranging on a variety of topics, specifically around how to identify education deserts and better serve the students in them, how to provide faculty and staff with resources and training they need to help increase access, how institutions can expand their partnerships to enhance their programs and outreach, how to take and strategically plan student placements to promote holistic and community-based career development, and how they can improve access and community placements to enable and scale lifelong learning. We thought this conversation would be very appropriate given the upcoming events held by Times Higher Education, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. Given its length, we'll be breaking it up into two parts, so please enjoy part one. Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Increasing Access Beyond the Campus to Maximize Student Success, Reducing Education Deserts, Building Partnerships, and Developing Careers. This is a Times Higher Education webinar in partnership with Noodle. My name is Alistair Lawrence. I'm the Head of Branded Content at THE, and I'll be chairing today's discussion. I'm joined by a panel of experts today, and among them are Kathy Wasilewski, who is Vice President for University Engagement and Field Placement at Noodle. So, Kathy, I believe you have a short presentation prepared. I'll hand over to you. Great. Thanks, Alistair. Hello, everyone. Um, we are so excited to be here and engaging in this conversation. I want to do a quick intro to Noodle and our panelists here. Again, my name is Kathy Vasilevsky, VP of University Engagement and Field Placement, and I've been working with in the higher education space for about 15 years, mostly working with universities to build placement programs, which allows students to complete their clinical experience in their communities. So I've been working with programs in nursing, social work, education, physician's assistant, physical therapy, pharmacy, and pharmacy. Noodle as a company, we provide strategy and services and technology to our university partners, and our vision is to empower universities to transform the world. And we have done that by working besides our university partners to launch and operate graduate online programs with a variety of services, such as marketing enrollment, student support, placement, technology, and learning. And today, we're really excited to have the conversation with our partners, Lori Kakenauer at University of Pittsburgh and Stavara Haley-Clark at the Virginia Commonwealth University in the area specific of placement and student support and how we work together to address education deserts and support and, and increase accessibility for students. Together, we have built student orientations, provide student successes, coaches to support students through graduation, and secure sites across the country for clinical placement experiences. 
So Stavar and Lori will share more information about their specific universities and accomplishments when they intro themselves. But before we do that, I'm going to let Julie, my colleague, introduce herself. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. My name is Julie Leventhal, and I use she, her, they pronouns. I have spent uh, well over a decade in education technology, and I specifically focus on work that will improve access to resources that have the power to change lives. Uh, that's my inner social work speaking. At Noodle, I have the distinct honor of leading our student support and engagement efforts, which directly support students, as well as program leadership with the goal of ensuring high quality experience for the students, the admin, and for everyone involved. We have an incredible group of academic professionals who work day in and day out to ensure that our students and our university partners have that support they need to achieve their vision. And that means online and beyond. We meet our students and our colleagues where they are and we do our best to provide that well-connected world-class experience. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing a wonderful colleague from the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, so Lori, uh, Lori Kokenauer, I'm gonna pass it over to you. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a, my pleasure to be here today. I'm Lori Kokenauer. I am the um, Executive Director of the Office of Online Learning in the School of Health and Rehabilitation Sciences at Pitt. We have been partners with Noodle since 2019 and have very successfully launched several um, programs with Noodle. The programs that I want to discuss today in particular are the Physician Assistant Studies Program and the Doctorate in Physical Therapy Program. Those are programs that have clinical placement um, associated with them. The strategies that we've used with those programs also are used for the health informatics program and the clinical doctorate in occupational therapy. <clears throat> we have had a wonderful experience with Noodle in preparing our sites for um, students who are not in Pittsburgh. Our school offers graduate professional programs online, and it is part of the strategic plan of SHRS to grow the footprint of Pitt and increase the diversity of our student body and reach students who would be unable to get the education that they want and need to stay in their communities. We are very focused on that mission. We also have an understanding that our school is full of caring professions. We are caring professionals, and we are um, creating, hopefully, caring professionals that will work with in, in some healthcare deserts as well as education deserts. We've intentionally included underrepresented populations in our marketing and outreach efforts and also tapped into alumni and preceptors to support our online students' success in their degree programs. And we feel like we've been very successful. Our online programs are, are much more diverse than our residential programs. We know that in the healthcare field, patients want to see caregivers who look like them, who understand where they come from, who know their community. So if we can go into those communities and train professionals, we feel that we will be improving not just 
physical therapy or occupational therapy, but general health outcomes altogether. So that is some of our motivation for what we're doing. We have wonderful colleagues at Noodle who have helped us identify ways in which to become more effective. Um, we have new um, student orientation experiences that are online. We have an initiative called SHRS Cares, which is about self-care and mental health for um, graduate students and individuals who are struggling when they're in our programs. We have a large number of clinical placements required for our doctorate in physical therapy and for our PA studies program. And Noodle has been right there beside us in identifying uh, those slots for our students that have stretched us beyond the Pittsburgh region. I will pass it along to my colleague from the Virginia Commonwealth University to talk about their successes. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, thank you for having me. My name is Stavara Haley-Clark. I am the Interim Associate Dean for Academic and Student Affairs the Director of Online Education, and an Associate Professor at the Virginia Commonwealth University School of Social Work. So while we're here in this uh, webinar, you all are going to be a part of our Ramily, so I can talk with you a little bit about our Master of Social Work program. We started partnering with Noodle Like Pitt in 2019. However, we didn't start our program from nothing. We started as a distance education program. And so in our partnership with Noodle, we transformed a distance ed program that was only available to students who were here in Virginia. And they came to our campus in Richmond twice a, twice a month for each semester to do their learning. And so we partnered with Noodle to transform the wonderful program that we had to provide additional opportunities for folks in other parts of Virginia, but then also outside of Virginia. As we started out, we had to grow our enrollment team. We had to grow our advising and student success team. As you can see, we've done a lot of placements with the help of our Noodle partners. And I know here today, we're, we're really going to be talking about partnerships, but I have to get a give a shout out to our student affairs teams with our student support coaches and our advisors because they are the lifeline of our recruitment and our retention here for our students and holding some of those events that they're doing, our lunch and learns, our webinar series, our panels, which are really helping to build community and connection with students. As Lori mentioned at Pitt, our students that are online here at VCU are typically more diverse than our on-campus students. They're more diverse in their age and in their ethnic and racial backgrounds, also in their diversity of thought. And so it's very interesting to see our online population get to know each other, especially as we've expanded across the country. And I think right now we're having students from around 27 states. And so we are constantly looking at how do we improve our marketing? How do we improve the conversations that our enrollment advisors are having with students? Because a lot of times students are seeing our materials and they're looking at online education 
And yes, it's done at their own pace on their own time, but we do have a placement aspect. And so for our students, they have to have two different internships. That's what we call them in their generalist year and then in their year of specialization. And so our partnership with Noodle has really helped us to really hone in and build those connections with students to see, one, what interested you to get your MSW or your Master of Social Work? What is the content you're desiring to learn and where and what population are you trying to work with to get more experiences as a practitioner? And so really having an opportunity to have more a hands-on approach and speaking with our students and their expectations about guiding their learning has really been beneficial and for us to build additional placements for students. So I will pass it back over to you, Alistair, to get us started. Great. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you both to Savar and to Laurie for sharing their insights. I think when we talk about education deaths, obviously it's a, it's it's become more topical with the advent of digital transformation within universities where higher education now has the opportunity and, and the modes to deliver education in all these different ways. But if you if you fundamentally can't reach students, then you you have a problem regardless of whether you're trying to offer something in person or online or as a mix of both. So to start us off, I'd, I'd like to take a step back from the case studies and ask the panel how we can identify education deserts. I mean, I know um, Stavara and, and Laurie, you both talk about serving students better in order to avoid them, but um, uh, Kathy, perhaps we could come to you, so you could, if you could tell us maybe what how you would define it at Noodle, what the criteria are and how you can start to mitigate them. From our perspective, it really is, if it's an area, there isn't a higher or an institution that provides opportunities for higher education about we're going to use time an hour away from the student, right? So if a student's in an area and within an hour away, there isn't a higher institution where they can get a, a degree to support their career and 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 what they want to do, their education. That is really kind of from our perspective of let's give those those folks an opportunity. Yeah, great. Thank you. Sorry, one thing I forgot to mention is that we will have time at the end of the scheduled hour to put questions to the panelists. So if you have any questions for any of the panelists today, if you can please just drop them in the, the Zoom chat or the QA and we'll get through as many as we can towards the end. Just to take us back to that initial point, uh, Judy, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about how student support and engagement has changed. You know, obviously you give people more tools, you give people more options, but it doesn't necessarily get any easier to manage the process. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as as you alluded to, you can give more resources, you can give that access. But something we talk about a lot at Noodle is the idea of agility. The idea that how can we make something that works in one space work in other spaces? So the resources that work for on-ground students, maybe the processes for financial aid, are those equipped to work for online students as well? And that's something that we lean into those discussions. We lean into the discussions about what resources do you have available to students? We need to understand those students that we're now working with in new pockets to understand their needs, their circumstances, their experiences. And so that all feeds into how we ensure we're providing the right support, not just support. Great, thank you. Um, Stara, I thought it was interesting that you noted the difference between the, the, the student cohorts that exist online or, or digital first perhaps, and the other students that you have. I mean, are 
you know, how, how cognizant are students of education does it feel like being not having an in-person offering now is there some who maybe don't prioritize it or they it just doesn't factor into their choices I mean how, how do you I guess what I'm asking is how do you balance the different expectations that modern students have when they look at digital and in-person delivery well I think we've I want to say what Julie said we'd have to be agile right so a lot of our students who are coming to our on-campus program are maybe one to two years out from completing their undergraduate degree so they have varying responsibilities typically our students who are coming into our online program they're older they may be career switchers they're caregiving for el- elderly parents or for young children, they're working. And so they have a lot more life experiences and balances that they're having to work through to get to higher education. So sometimes putting life on a full stop and just coming to campus is not a reality for them. Whereas some folks who may be traditional aged and they're going through undergraduate and they go right into a graduate degree, they're used to being on campus. They maybe haven't started working full-time or building some of those additional life responsibilities. So they're used to the campus culture. And so for us here, we do that with our graduate program and our undergraduate program and making sure that students know that this is a place where they can be seen and heard and that they belong. And so for us, that looks like having office hours during the day, during the evening, on weekends, making sure when we're holding events that it's available for any student, that whether they're online or on campus at times where it benefits students who are not in class online or in class on campus. And so we're taking that consideration into everything we do. How is this going to impact our online students? How does this impact our on-campus students? And also being just honest with students when we're having certain events or certain things where we say, okay, this can only be for online students, but we're going to record it. Or this is only for on-campus students, but we're going to provide these resources. Because what we don't want to do is over-promise students, and then they feel like they've been baited and switched because we don't want that for them, and we don't want that to be their experience of us. Okay, great. Thank you. And your other point you made earlier about how the peer-to-peer interactions are changing and they, they, they react differently online. Is that something that, do they exist very much in sort of two separate ecosystems? People are also coming to campus. I mean, how much are you able to sort of track and monitor and support the kind of conversations and the relationships that students are building around their own maybe group study or things like that? So in this day and age, we can build the bridge for students, but they're going to take their own path. So most of our students have cohort-based group me's or Facebook groups that they're connecting with each other. You know, we have Canvas-based organizations for them to do discussion boards where they can say, hey, I'm in Wisconsin or hey, I'm in Louisiana. Anyone there want to start a study group or, you know, maybe we can meet and greet. We can house that all we want to to get the jumping off point for our students. But once we meet with them and we start connecting them like, hey, did you know so-and-so is at this place? And y'all are like 50 minutes away from each other. Connect. Once we do that, it, it takes off. But one of the things we also do is have our student organizations and our student associations that are blended and hybrid between on-campus and online students so that they can build relationships amongst the different modalities and making sure that the leadership in those organizations are both from online and on campus so that the entire student body's voice is being heard in what we're doing and what they're we're providing for them. Excellent. Thank you very much. Laurie, how much of, of, of these kind of points and approach, how much do they resonate? I saw you nodding along a couple of them. So there must be, I assume there's some common ground between what both institutions are doing. 
I think the effort to create community is is an important one, certainly one that we're thinking about all the time with the help of Noodle and the student success coaches. And in fact, I just came from a meeting with them and the question was, can we get tickets for a pit basketball game that's not at home where we where we have students, where we might have a pit night? at LSU or at uh, UNC or somewhere. And I thought that was a great idea. Like we need to create those opportunities for students to come together and realize that they are not alone in their regions. That happens, they they do figure that out as they're in the programs, but it happens even more when they're in their preceptor, in their externships. They, they figure out who the people are who have connections to Pitt and they rely on those people. I think the other thing is we uh, we make a concerted effort also to include students in in every possible way. Of course, our university, most universities are designed for residential students. There are a lot of little ways in which obstacles have been created for online learners. And what we've been doing over the last five years is identifying what those obstacles are and how we can overcome them for our students. Okay, great. Thank you. I mean, it's it's interesting you talk about that and also Stavar mentioned that, you know, you can you can build a lot or a little and it doesn't necessarily lead to uh, widespread adoption from, from your student base. Another thing I wanted to ask you about though is just, you know, providing, you know, Resources and training for staff is another integral part of this, because if that's not done correctly, then you're not going to be able to build the infrastructure you need. You're not going to have the communications that you need. So but what steps have you taken towards that? Because you're going to be dealing with all different levels of digital literacy and buy-in from, from across your, your faculty base. I have to give credit for it's due here. My dean, um, Tony DeLito, and the former vice dean of the school, Debbie Miller, spent two years um, laying the groundwork for online learners in our school. And they did a fantastic job of orienting and educating people about what was going to be different about these students. You know, one, we weren't going to see them very often, if at all. Two, they might be working adults or have those other life circumstances that they had to deal with that many undergraduates and new graduate students don't have. And three, that we needed to be, all of us needed to be aware of just what I was talking about, the obstacles that are inherent in a residential university that prohibit a student from successfully getting financial aid or something as simple as an ID card. I mean, there have been lots of those little things that we've, and big things that we've tried to identify and overcome at Pitt. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Um, uh, Judy, Kathy, I was interested to get your thought from a, a supplier side point of view about what resources that you see that tend to be the most effective when people are trying to equip their staff with the, the tools they need to accomplish these goals. Well, I'll chime in. I think that this was already alluded to, but the art of resetting expectations, that is a core principle. When we make a change like this, we need to reset those expectations. And we need to make sure that there's some infrastructure to support these changes. So technology being the big one, we need easily accessible technology so faculty and students can communicate in this new way. 
so faculty can maybe communicate with the learning team that they might be working with to prepare their courses. So we need to make sure that communication is just wide open. We need to crack that wide open, set the expectation that it's going to look different. It's going to sound a little bit different. It might be in a slightly different format. And that that's a big part of it. Kathy, I know you do a good amount of training also, so I'll let you speak to that. Yeah, I'll speak from kind of a field placement or clinical experience perspective of typically a residential or an existing program have partnerships or networks where students are engaging in a clinical or field placement experience. But when you expand that and you open it up in education deserts or across countries in a different state or area, that network has to get bigger. We have to build upon that network. And so, you know, with the partnership of, as Lori was sharing with the dean and the assistant and and with Lori, the kind of framing of we're creating new networks, new partnership, but that also involves us engaging in a different way, right? And the experience for the students should be no different, but it may look different. The process may look different and being prepared for that of what are the standards and expectations we should have for the learning experience, but it may look different when student X is in this education desert, right? And how do we accommodate that student scenario, but still give them the the right education and the experience. And so it's a lot about framing and understanding what that would look like and the benefits that the faculty would have when we kind of open this up, the variety of experience, the diversity that Lori and Savari both talked about and how that would engagement in the classroom would look different and how robust and rich those discussions could be because of the expansion and opening it up. So it's a lot of, I think from our perspective for Julie and I is this is what we've done and this is what it would look like. And, And it really excites the faculty to, okay, then how do I engage? What, you know, how do I think about this differently? And um, it's, 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 it's exciting to be part of. 